As promised, I am thrilled to announce that our tickets for Australian True Crime Live are now available. Join me in Sydney, Brisbane and or Melbourne this July. You can come to all three if you want. These tickets are expected to go very quickly, so be sure to secure yours by visiting the link in our podcast bio or you can head over to the Australian True Crime Facebook page. There'll be a nice link there for you. Update for Brisbane Australian True Crime fans. Brisbane is almost fully sold out for our live show. If you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll know how passionate I am about true crime stories from Australia. I'm looking very forward to an incredible evening together with you, sharing these captivating tales. We will have great guests as well, so, you know, we love a Q&A. If you've ever come along to an Australian true crime live gig, you'll know we love a Q&A with our guests. Don't miss out. Book your tickets today, and I'll see you in July for a memorable night out. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The producers of this podcast recognise the traditional owners of the land on which it's recorded. They pay respect to the Aboriginal elders past, present and those emerging. The following podcast contains content of a graphic, violent nature and is not suitable for children. The thing that's so shocking about the Britney Spears case is this was happening in full view. It was happening in full view of of the world. I actually never bought another magazine after the 2007 um, documentation of Britney Spears' breakdown. I never bought any items then. I thought it was really wrong. I was thought, wow, there's someone asking for help and all you want to do is take a picture. Don't take a picture, like help her. That's what she's asking for. 
Do you remember when you first started thinking about Britney Spears as a victim? Do you remember when you started thinking that jokes about her mental breakdown in 2007, about her shaving her head and attacking a paparazzo's car with an umbrella after losing custody of her children weren't funny? Do you remember when you started to think that her father having control over her life, her career and her money was disturbing? Or when you started to wonder if maybe she really was sending distress signals through her weird Instagram posts? Kat Foster is the Associate Director of the 5050 Foundation, which works towards establishing equal representation of men and women in key decision-making roles at all levels of governance in Australia by 2030. She wrote a fantastic piece for the University of Canberra's online agenda about the profound effect that Britney Spears' story has had on her and on women around the world who can relate, because they too are living lives in which their basic rights have been stripped away from them by their partners or other family members. She joins us to talk about it. I just think that this played out over 13 years with everyone seeing it. And the really uncomfortable thing about those documentaries is all these people who are doing interviews and voicing their concerns. And it's like, what did you do to help her? And especially the men who kind of looked down the barrel at the camera who had intimate relationships with her and shared really personal things um, and letters that she had written about her situation and said, I'm going to read this now, 10 years after the fact, you didn't help her. And your closing statement is she doesn't have anyone in her life she can trust. How sad is that? Yeah, you're exactly that person. So that was one of the things that I was thinking about a lot, that a lot of different men got a platform on this issue and, and she didn't. Actually, the documentary makers didn't speak to her. Well, were they able to, though? I mean, I, the sense I got was that they were that they tried and that they would love to have, but I don't know that for certain. Yeah, look, I, I'm not sure because Britney Spears' own statements about it is that she's frustrated at how she's been portrayed in them. Right. And so I wonder then if perhaps there, there could have been more of an effort to communicate with her and to understand her side of the story and probably also how she felt about it, I think is really important. Maybe like me, they just assume that you can't get to Britney, so they didn't try, but I don't know. Yeah. That's conjecture on my part. Yeah. Yeah, because, I don't, you know, I, honestly, I don't, I don't know. But I, I did find it disturbing how she's documented quite clearly the distress that these documentaries yeah. have caused her. But then on the other side, to play devil's advocate, I feel like without the documentaries, would would she have... Would we be here where we are, uh, oh, you know? Uh, I don't absolutely. Know. And that's, I think, the duality of her story, isn't it? Like, I think it can't probably be resolved. That It is a deeply, deeply personal story, as any victim of domestic and family violence's story is their own, and it is their own story to tell. Um, but in her unique situation, when that can't be facilitated, is it good that this awareness has been raised? I, like, I can't answer that. I think that it's, but you do feel uncomfortable when you participate in it, particularly when you see that the subject of all the conversations is incredibly distressed by the, by the discourse. I have to admit that I think you were way, way ahead of your time in 2007 because I certainly, I certainly was not in a place where I understood or where I was mature enough to to see what was happening 
for what it was when she was having her breakdown. I laughed at the jokes about Brittany, you know, banging the paparazzo's car with her umbrella. I didn't understand what was happening. I was well and truly an adult. You know, I was trying to be a good person and trying to be and trying to be a good media person. But you know, if that if something like that were happening now, of course, certainly I would be, I think I would be seeing it for what it was. But at the time, no, I I was not. And and to look back now, yes, and you see grown men on their tonight shows making jokes about it, it's it makes me sick to my stomach, but I think, no, I'm sure at the time I was at least fascinated in the worst way, if not, if not laughing. Oh, absolutely. Mm. It's very disturbing, isn't it? Well, I saw the pictures that I think it was on, you know, one of the weekly publications. um, And I saw the photos when I was in the shops and I remember this specifically and it was her in the ocean in Malibu in her underwear jumping around. Mm. But what that actual article said as I was reading it in the line mm. was, I want help, I need help. Oh, yeah. But don't take her picture, like help her. <laughs> well, the other issue is now, the, the other issue is that I'm now a parent. I'm yeah. now, and now I fully get that depth of lack of not coping. Now, if I saw a woman in that situation now, especially when we realise she had just been to her ex-partner's house and not been allowed in to see her children, yeah, wow, now I see it and hear it very differently. They were babies. Mm. You know, I, I think, and I'm a parent now too, and, and I think having that, the thought if you if you kind of empathize with just the thought of it, if someone taking the baby off you and saying that's it, you can't see them. Yeah. It's, and it's not, you know, even a small little kid, it's a baby. Yeah. It's horrific for any mother that that happens to. That's horrific. And I don't think that I myself would behave in a fully decorum way either. No. And I don't think that I would be reasonable either. But I also don't have 30 thousand cameras pointed at me to to get my response all of that all of that now we see it you know through these other lenses all the the people that she was hanging out with Mm. and I include the Paris Hiltons and Lindsay Lowens and all of that and that we see Lindsay then go on and have her own troubles with addiction and all of that yeah it's very um upsetting and and it's and I feel part of it even though that's stupid but having bought the magazines and laughed at the jokes yeah I feel terrible about it and 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 just having not supported another woman another mother and yeah it's a horrible feeling but there's a history of it right because then you look a few years later look at Amy Winehouse oh god yeah and I made jokes about that I had a blog and I'll never forget never forgive myself for just making one half-assed shit joke about putting up a photo of Amy passed out at the front of a pub and just and all I wrote was oh hey Amy like that's all you know and I was just like oh god I want to fucking slap myself it's so awful yeah and I think but I think it's I think it's that women in the public eye they become these caricatures and you forget they're real people like we've all been there we sure fucking have mate (laughs) yeah we kind of go oh that's not a real person who's 
drunk and passed out or on meth in case of Amy Winehouse. It's not a real person who's screaming and crying, don't take my babies away from me like Britney Spears. That's just this, well, she asked for it because she wants to be famous. And it's such bullshit, right? Like it's just, it's such a bizarre and non-empathetic way to look at people. Um, And I think there is a change at the moment coming um, but it's still pretty awful and pretty intense. The experiences that that people have um, through social media, through traditional media, still who are in the public eye. Absolutely. And also, I think it would be helpful for us to talk about the concept of of triggering, because I find that when we talk about men being triggered, especially especially when we talk about men in like frontline services and things like that it's taken so seriously and as it should be but when we talk about women being triggered when we talk about women being triggered it's it's like oh hard enough um it's like a joke yeah when when we talk about you know we obviously have trigger warnings at the at the beginning of podcasts and and stuff and yeah a lot of times people joke about oh she's triggered she's probably going to be triggered are you triggered uh things I feel like the the Britney Spears story obviously will have triggered a lot of women about as we talked about earlier about that idea of being disbelieved and and about gaslighting and all of those things and being controlled Mm -hmm. and silenced and the things that you're talking about now about that kind of public silencing Hmm. Let's talk about that, about being a woman who's not famous, who's not being chased by paparazzi, but who really, it's hard to say to somebody, oh, I know how, I feel like I know how Britney Spears feels and have them not go, what? That's a stupid thing to say, not feel stupid in saying that. But I think it's, I think it's when you strip it back, right? There, yeah, may, right. Be, there may be a difference in financial situation, but actually not really. Mm. when you consider the control of her finances and the financial abuse that she had. Yeah. Um, these are just real things that happen to everyone, happen to everyone. And it's not normalizing is the wrong word, but I think saying that this can happen to anyone and you're yeah. not alone. And you can feel that way when you read about it. And she says, I had no money. My, my access to my kids were getting taken away. If I did anything that stepped out of line, I could not see my children. There were the constant threats. Any woman who doesn't have the added pressure of having that completely photographed and every move recorded, it's the same thing. The, me- the mechanics of domestic abuse don't change depending on your social status. They're exactly the same and the, and the behaviours are the same. I mean, it's interesting you talk about triggering um. I actually watched a show on Netflix called The Maid, and it's an excellent show. It's very well written. But in the second episode, when she was talking about, um, she, w- she went to the social worker, and the social worker said, well, why don't you go to the police? And she said, well, and say what? He didn't hit me. But, like, that really triggered a panic attack in me that I haven't had for years years I haven't had a panic attack like that but it was that capturing that emotion of being suffocated being not believed and when I went to the police in my own situation and they basically said the same thing they said well there's no physical abuse so see you later go fend for yourself and I think that when you have like in, in the case of Britney Spears you know you have this woman who's saying these things who's wanting to be believed she had an advocate who was paid three million US to advocate for her 
who did nothing, mm. who didn't listen to her, who didn't give her a voice. And in her own statement to the court, she said, I haven't come to court for a long time because I didn't think I'd be taken seriously or listened to. Oh well, how, how how is a victim survivor who simply does not have that same kind of social power going to feel when they, these systems exist and they repress people? And unfortunately, you'll hear something like that and you'll think, well, then why would I? Well, what chance do I have yeah. if someone who has the financial means in theory, um, to sort of to, to fight it and the visibility. And she even has a supportive partner. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Can I tell you about The Maid? I had two friends say to me, oh, you should watch The Maid. Oh, no, you shouldn't, actually. it's very It'll trigger you. And I watched like the first, like the, a bit of the first scene and I just went, and nothing even happened in it. And I went, nah, no. Nah. They, they did a very good job of capturing the stillness yeah. and the fear and the quiet. Yeah. And, I mean, I look, I've worked in the sector. I worked in the sector for many years. And so I definitely know all the self-care and how, and, and how to think about things and if I feel like I'm going to panic about something. But this was so unexpected that, that I yeah. kind of went, I don't, yeah, this is not a story for me. I've lived this story. I don't actually need to now now watch it but I'm certainly glad that um programs like this awareness about these kind of issues is becoming to the forefront and being more openly discussed because people should know yeah you still hear all the time oh well was it that bad (laughs) yeah yeah it was it was and and yes did did the person hit you no no they didn't hit me but I was terrified oh well what does that mean and, 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 and you still have that attitude. You still have that attitude in the systems that are designed to protect people in that situation. And also that financial abuse is really fascinating too. Um, a lot of people don't understand financial abuse and a lot of women don't understand for a long time that they're being abused. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it's really, um, I think there was um, a victim survivor, his name's Russell Vickery, that I heard speaking at a conference and he said, you know, it's really interesting. People say, well, why didn't you just leave? Mm. And he said, well, it's not like he punched me in the face on the first date and that's it. You know, maybe it does make sense to have a joint account. Maybe it does make sense to, you know, do all those things. And it's insidious. And by the time you realize, great, I have no access to credit cards. I have no access to my own money. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. You're so deep into a cycle. How do, you, how do you remove yourself? Especially if you have kids. Yeah. And certainly in some cases, and Britney Spears is a classic example, it's her dad. It's her dad. It's not even, you know, it's not some guy. It's not, why don't you leave? It's my dad. It's my family. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so many family members. Who all benefited from yeah. her work. I mean, that's the, that's, the real, that's the real thing. We saw the same in the Whitney Houston case as well. Every, everyone benefited, you know, um, and I think that's the most awful thing. And, you know, allegedly her father said she's just a racehorse who needs to be whipped into shape. I mean, how honestly horrific. That's your daughter. That's your daughter. Like, I can't, I can't imagine. I just, I can't imagine. And then to have 
every other person stand by and collect their paycheck from her work. No, she didn't have permission to spend any money. Mm. It must have been incredibly, incredibly rage-inducing. Well, and heartbreaking and heartbreaking. And and heartbreaking and, and such betrayal. Like I think, you know, when we try and sort of understand the mechanisms of it all, I, I said it in the article and I, and I believe that now, the only words we should be listening to her from now on are her own. She should be able to tell her story how she wants. And it is the saddest thing mm-hmm. when it was announced that her father was removed as her conservator. She put up a Christmas tree mm-hmm. and did an Instagram shot and said she's waited so long for this situation to end. She got constantly told that if she did the right thing and if she behaved, this is a woman who's 39, nearly 40, if she behaved, the situation would end and it never did. And she said, I'm now so afraid to do anything in case I'm judged and in case I make a mistake. How awful. Oh, God, that was the thing. That was the thing for me, the fear of making a mistake. That really got me in the guts that that landed different as people say yeah now. it did that landed different for me it, yeah it, it hit differently <laughs> it hit differently because yeah because she's she's afraid to do anything now she's paralyzed by fear now because she's been so convinced that she's been infantilized and I feel as though she was more mature in the beginning, I feel now when we see interviews of her at 16, 17, 18, she was so much more confident. She was so much more erudite, so much clearer in in the way she presented herself. It felt like she was, you know, really, really worldly hmm. and um, focused. And when we see her and hear her now, it, it feels like she's infantilized and afraid. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at the history of the case as well, the only time that they ever had a co-conservator of person, so there's a co-conservator of estate, co-conservator, and then a conservator of person, um, was her partner with her father, made a co-conservator of her person. Who was that? Um, So that was her uh, ex-fiancé, his name was Jason. And um, Mm -hmm. I just thought there's so much wrong with that. Yeah. that a partner becomes in charge of person, like so many pitfalls that could go wrong there, <laughs> um, so much risk. <laughs> and, it's, and posit- it it's medieval. It's positively yeah. medieval. Yeah. Yeah. Like her, her husband-to-be and her father in charge yeah. of her. In charge of her person, mm. everything, you know. And, and I, again, you know, and we talked about this on Broad Agenda earlier as well, that, this is not a new discussion for women with a disability. Yes. You know, this is something that women with a disability live with on a daily basis. They live with this idea that they they can't make decisions for the person and they have to rely on someone else. And when we consider that um, uh, the statistic is shocking and I would need to check it, but I saw it at 2019 at the National Stop Domestic Violence Conference that yep. something like 94% of women who've had a disability have been subjected to abuse in Australia. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's a 24-hour national hotline that provides free counselling for any Australian who has experienced or is at risk of family and domestic violence and or sexual assault. It's 1800 RESPECT. That's 1800 737 732. 1800 RESPECT also recognises that financial abuse is a form of domestic and family violence. Financial abuse can include many things like controlling and preventing your access to money, stopping you from getting a job, or forcing you to get loans you don't want. Financial abuse can also occur with other forms of violence and abuse. 1-800-RESPECT provides support for people experiencing financial abuse. That's 1-800-737-732. Individuals can also access local support services and search the internet using DAISY, a free app developed by 1-800-RESPECT that protects user privacy. But if you're in immediate danger, call triple zero for police and ambulance help. Thank you to our patrons, Angela Hornman, Nicole Rolston, Dawn, Tamara, Joe G and Holly Cook. We spoke to Nick Lee not long ago, whose husband was her carer and was sexually assaulting her daily. And she eventually had him convicted of, of that sexual assault. But my God, what a story. 
Nicole's one Nicole's a friend of mine yeah. um and she's a truly truly amazing human being yeah she is and and the work that she does now to raise awareness about these issues for other women in a similar situation it's just incredible and you're right so similar in the way that her her children were held against her this idea that she would never ever gain custody of them if she were to leave the relationship all of the things that were held against her it, to the to the extent that he said to her you can't reach the back door how would you ever survive without me you can't unlock the back door you need me to do that mm-hmm. I mean it's just heartbreaking it's horrific it's horrific and it's horrific that systems that are, are in place that support that rhetoric and narrative which is completely untrue yeah it is completely untrue but the system supported it the system said you're right we don't need to talk to her and you've spoken to Nick. She is feisty. She knows her own mind. She knows what she wants. She's brilliant, but the system she reduced her. She is brilliant, her. and the system reduced her to someone who had no agency. No, to someone who needed her abuser. Exactly. Exactly. Unbelievable to, to this level of helplessness, the same way that Britney Spears, of all people, this international superstar by the age of 17, was reduced to a helpless child, the state of a helpless child whose father had to speak for her. Yeah. But who was also told, you will, you will go on stage and perform. You will perform. You will go on stage or we'll see you. Yeah. Night <laughs> you after know? night after night after night. Yeah, if, Sick. if you don't. Yeah, whatever. You will perform. She performed over 300 concerts globally mm. during the, the this time where she was incapable of making a decision over body um or estate i mean even over her own fertility wasn't that just shocking yep she had an iud placed in and not allowed to remove it and again this is something that women with a disability talk about often the reproductive rights that the choice is taken away from them as if they can't make a choice or an educated choice if someone does it for them. Mm. And that's, that's wrong. It's just so wrong. It's so wrong. What do you make of her posts, her social media posts after, after her father's relinquishing of his conservatorship, the sexual nature of her posts? What do you make of that? There was a nude post. There were sort of increasingly there was topless, topless, nude. What do you make of that? In all honesty, I think it's someone who has finally some, they feel like they have some agency in their life Mm. and they're going to celebrate that. And if they want to be sexual, well, she's that, you know, she's, I think she's 40 now. She's, she can do that. Yeah. You know, she can get out there and she can make those decisions about her body and she can be the person who decides what's put on display. And so I think there is that, you know, it's almost like that um, the popular culture movement of, of a slut walk, right? It's sort of reclaiming those that language, reclaiming that those that visual, reclaiming it and owning it yourself. Maybe there's an element of that. I don't know. Plus, she's super hot, so yeah, yeah. It, rem- <laughs> it reminds me of when I was, you know, a, a teenager. I mean, really, she's been so suppressed, right? totally like I also thought maybe I felt like saying maybe you don't know how social media works Um. she reminds me of when I was a teenager and the girls with the strictest parents always kind of went the hardest like when they were absolutely able to 
Yeah. In your own life, how did you get from there to here? Like, how did you, re- can you talk, speak to your own recovery, if I may use that word, from, from your relationship, your abusive relationship? How did you gain some confidence? How did you come to understand that you were in an abusive relationship? And what does your recovery look like? Well, I'm very lucky. Um, I have the most amazing parents in the entire universe. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was sitting across from my dad um, not long after the relationship had ended and I was crying and I was shaking. And I said, I don't know who I am. I don't know who I am. I don't know how to be on my own. I've forgotten who I am. And I think that for my father was an, an incredibly stressful like incredibly distressing. We've talked about it recent, recently, actually. And he said it was probably the most distressed he's been in his life. And he said to me, I remember he put his hand across the table and he said, I will never let you forget who you are. Oh. And it was, you know, I left my job. I was in Sydney. I quit my job. I moved home to my parents' house <laughs> and I based in Canberra uh, and I basically recovered. I went to therapy I took lots of walks. I read lots of books. Eventually, I decided I want my life to be about something positive. Um, so I moved to Vanuatu and worked, took a job with the Red Cross, a volunteer position with the Red Cross. And um, I loved it. That was truly the discovery of self. It was how I realized this is what I want to do with my life. Like I want to make the world better and that's that's who I want to be. And again, it was lots of thinking about the situation I was in, lots of trying to understand how it had occurred, understanding the mechanics of it. Um, and then I think when I arrived at Lifeline Australia and I sort of arrived in the DVLet program, I had a wonderful mentor called Kelly Dunn who kind of took me under her wing and helped me really unpack my story for the first time ever and that was again just another leap and bound in healing and helped me understand how it fit because I always kind of thought oh well you know I'm from a good family like this couldn't be an abusive relationship it was just a bad relationship um Mm. and until I actually understood the mechanics of it all I went oh okay hang on this is actually something called coercive control and I'm going to say that Australian Family Court supports abusive relationships uh I'm going to say that family court doesn't understand the various modes of abuse I would I would agree with you and I would probably say that it it's there needs to be a deeper understanding and actually I firmly believe after the kind of what we thought was sort of the the moment of reckoning in March of this year with the um women's march Mm. we need a set of from the federal government (laughs) We need a set of definitions for what constitutes as domestic abuse. Domestic oh, for and sure. Family violence. Chuck them out. Let's let's have them so there is a guideline. Yeah. yeah. I think I think part of the problem is, and this is from my work in DV Alert, but also some of the work that I've done si- since then, is that there seems to be this idea that whoever is dealing with a victim survivor has to have a moral opinion either way. Mm. You, you don't. There is actually no moral opinion. Yeah. You have to approach approach it with a neutral framework. And that's what's missing. There's definitely financial abuse is definitely thriving through the family court, I think. 
I think there Absolutely. are pe- people who use the family court as a tool of financial abuse. <laughs> Absolutely. And I know experiences where that's occurred. Yeah. Ab- absolutely and you know half a million dollars in lawyer fees later still still no resolution yeah so can I ask was your father aware by the way of of the the depth of what was happening in your relationship before that moment no not at all no not at all had they have been aware they would have yeah done stuff but again, it's that whole thing. One, it's embarrassing. Yes. Two, yeah. two, you don't really know what's happening. You don't really understand because you're being gaslighted. I love you. And if you didn't do this, then I would love you more. Um, but also I wanted my family to like that person. And I knew, and and I knew that if I vocalized the situation, perhaps they wouldn't. And and they would never again, too. They Correct. would never again. So you can't go back once you say anything right yeah yeah yeah. and that's and that's the thing like that didn't trigger enough in me to go "Hmm, if 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 you're really worried about that perhaps this isn't a great situation yeah um I was very lucky I had one of my dearest dearest friends Joel who said to me on New Year's Eve the year before this this relationship ended he he said to me I you know I've known you for so long and it's breaking my heart he said I don't know how I can be friends with you anymore I don't I can't see you anymore Mm. I see you and you're not there and I don't know what to do I just can't keep coping with it though because it's it's really hurting me as well and that was the first time that I kind of went do you know what maybe something isn't right here geez that's a that's a brave friend he's a brave friend I will be forever grateful I mean he's been one of my best friends for 16 years We've talked about this a lot. We've unpacked what happened around that time. And it was it took a lot of courage for him to do that. And I am incredibly grateful and will be forever that that he did that. God, good on you, Joel. Yeah, he's a ledge. <laughs> <laughs> and good on you. This Britney Spears piece is so great because I think there is a, a real temptation to, again, to minimise the Britney Spears effect and there has and that has been happening for the entirety you're so right for this 17 years uh, the minimization of what's been happening to her and to sort of make light of it and the chipping away of that has been you know there are some people that we have to really hold up and say good for you for you know keeping the pressure on and saying no we have to look at this this is serious something is happening to this woman in front of all of us and it's really shit that we're not talking about it and taking it seriously we cannot let this happen to this woman we've we we let this happen to people in broad daylight because they're famous and we we think they're characters we think they're two-dimensional they're not they're people and that we can't possibly understand their experience because we're going well we don't have that kind of money so we don't know actually we can empathize with someone particularly if we understand the mechanics for example of family violence yeah because she is calling for help you know a lot a lot of times people are lying people are saying no no I'm fine when they're clearly not but she is saying help me Mm. yeah yeah I sort of there's like I mean I mentioned that I was a big fan of her music I feel very uncomfortable listening to music that was made during her conservatorship. 
because when you listen to the lyrics, I mean, mm. we said it before, they kind of hit differently. You know, there's a song called Work Bitch. Ah. And it's like, you want a hot body, you want to do this, you want to do this, you better work, bitch. And part of me goes, my God, like that was her life. Mm. That was actually her life. Like she she was told, if you want this, if you want to go out and buy a hamburger, better work, better get on stage, better perform for us. And I kind of thought, wow, you know, maybe it's not that sort of deep, but at the same time you think you've got to consider those things in terms of the art and the artist who's producing it. It's, you know what, it's worse if she didn't, write it or whatever if she if it's not that deep if she it was still if she was forced to sing it yeah it's awful. horrible it's it's awful and then you think her dad who was in charge of it all who was in charge of the whole machine as it were that was around her mm. allegedly says she's just a racehorse who needs to be whipped into shape it just it just makes you go wow I yeah I don't want to be part of that I don't want to be part of Mm-mm. that system no. And I think and I think that was it. Like we went and saw the circus show okay. in 2009. Um, but of course, no one knew at that stage, I mean, what a conservatorship was, no one knew. But then you you read the stories that she was drugged to come down after a show, drugged to go up to do the show. Now that's not from her, that's from surrounding sources, but they said it was very messy. And you think, God, I participated in that. How awful. Like on reflection, how awful. I'm so sorry. One of my one of my friends actually asked me, we were talking about it when I was writing the article, and he said to me, you know, what would you say to her if you meet her? And all I could think was, I'm just so sorry. I'm right. so sorry. Yeah. I can't believe I participated in this system that kept you a prisoner. How awful. And I remember people were writing books about this happening to Judy Garland yeah. 50 years ago. Yeah, you know, it happened almost a hundred years ago, but people were exposing it fifty years ago, saying, "God, can you believe?" And you know who did know this was happening, and who everyone goes, "Oh, she's such a crazy bitch. Don't listen to her." Courtney Love, of all people, has been. Oh, totally! Know, Another musician that I just think is incredible, right? And yet, this same situation, and and it, actually, her husband wrote a story about Francis Farmer who was an actor in Seattle who was lobotomized. Another so, one, yeah, exactly, who that book's been out for 30, 40 years. And, you know, people say, oh, Courtney yeah. Love, ugh, what a lunatic, what a drug-addled crazy bitch. You know what? She's a truth talker. Yeah, 100%. Court, Courtney just tells the bloody truth, okay? If you want to know the truth, ask Courtney Love because she will tell you. Totally. And I, and I think... But isn't that isn't that the way though? Look at this kind of history of of women who are outspoken, mm. who are a little bit wild. Yeah. I mean, Taylor Swift just wrote about another one in her song, who again people said was insane, who owned her Rhode Island house, and 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 kind of crazy but outspoken, loved life, lived hugely, mm. but needed to be then controlled because we don't want women like that. No. We don't want women to control their own lives. And Courtney has been saying for years. Yeah. Courtney's been saying for a couple of years this same team of lawyers tried very hard to bring a conservatorship over me. This could have been me. And I didn't let it happen. And my God, she's so right. That's pretty, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much because I think, yeah, you've really given voice to so many women, myself included, who 
have been feeling these feelings and I, I just couldn't kind of put words around it. Like, yeah, I'm triggered. I'm triggered by what's um, by all of this stuff about Brittany. So thank you so much. No worries. Thank you to our guest, Kat Foster, who's brought a gender piece they called her lucky. You can read on our Facebook page. There's also a link in our show notes and a link to the 1-800-RESPECT website and their number again is 1-800-737-732. Thank you to our patrons, Mel Cloacy, Jilly Bean, Griselle East, Sharon Mesnick, Jodie O'Dell and Karen Eunice. And thank you for downloading this episode of Australian True Crime. We'll be back next week. This has been another Smartfella production in conjunction with the Acast Creator Network. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. AdWanted UK is the provider of single-source media data for agencies, media owners, brands, and academic institutions. And thanks to our rebranded news offering called The Media Leader, we can also lead the way in championing excellence and inclusion in the media industry. To find out more, simply visit the-media-leader.com to subscribe to our daily bulletins. The Media Leader from AdWanted UK. As promised, I am thrilled to announce that our tickets for Australian True Crime Live are now available. Join me in Sydney, Brisbane and or Melbourne this July. You can come to all three if you want. These tickets are expected to go very quickly, so be sure to secure yours by visiting the link in our podcast bio or you can head over to the Australian True Crime Facebook page. There'll be a nice link there for you. Update for Brisbane Australian True Crime fans. Brisbane is almost fully sold out for our live show. If you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll know how passionate I am about true crime stories from Australia. I'm looking very forward to an incredible evening together with you, sharing these captivating tales. We will have great guests as well, so, you know, we love a Q&A. If you've ever come along to an Australian true crime live gig, you'll know we love a Q&A with our guests. Don't miss out. Book your tickets today, and I'll see you in July for a memorable night out.